0: I need you. I need the sweet blue shirt. I need the pants. I need the winsome smile that hides the sad Jamaican clown inside. I've heard it both ways. I've heard it both ways.
1: I've heard it both ways. I've heard it both ways. ways. And welcome back to I've Heard It Both Ways. I'm your friendly neighborhood, backcracker, Dr. Joe. With me, riding shotgun in the blueberries always, is my partner in crime, female body inspector. (laughs) <laughs> That's pretty FBI. good. How's it going? Hello. Uh it's going pretty
0: well. Uh long day, but uh excited to talk some psych here. Uh season finale and God dang it if they don't do it just delightful every time.
1: Oh, it was absolutely fantastic. And, and to kick off the finale, uh Spindrift, if you want to uh you know sponsor us, <laughs> I am I am <laughs> drinking a pineapple spiked seltzy, oh. Absolutely delicious. And before we kick off, we got a visitor. For the finale, Oh kiddo? Aww.
0: <laughs> can
1: you say can you say good night to everyone? Can you say, come on, son, come on, son, love you, kiddo. Yeah. <laughs> Aww, what she said the way out there. She said, "Love you, dad." <laughs> you know what she said to me yesterday? Absolutely melted my heart. We're sitting down. We have we have our routine. Where around nine nine thirty in the morning we do some activity book time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know we work on math, we work on all any of this stuff. And she just puts her pencil down. She looks over to me, and she she gives me sque- squeeze, and she says, "Thank you for taking such good care of me, Daddy."
0: Oh, my lord! That so you know what they kid up for died. lunch? I did. I so you seen... know what they kick up
1: for lunch? Mickey D's. You know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, mel- melted my heart. So Pretty I tear to your eye. Say kid, you want McDonald's for lunch today? She goes, hey, shit you not, Billy. I said this in the Madden chat. She goes, I want chicken nuggets, extra fries, and two sweet and sour sauces. That's <laughs> uh, your yeah. world, hey, kid. I'm yeah. just yeah. living in it. Let's do it. <laughs> so, all right, back back on track here. Little little swagging's uh, side rail there. But uh today, folks, we are talking about the season two finale. Uh, Sean and Gus of the Dead, and as you said uh, just a few moments ago, Psych does a lot of great things. But I think the thing they do the best is their finales. From I mean, here on out, they're absolutely fantastic. Even the
0: first one, even the first <laughs> one was I thought fantastic. Um, and you know, I'm hyperbilly, but I really don't think that's a stretch to say that all of them are excellent. And starting from here on out, to your point a little bit, they're exceptional.
1: They are. And, and what they do really well, too, is they, they give you, I, I don't want to call them the, the only real true cliffhanger. They give, they give you one uh, you know, with the yin Yang trilogy, uh, and the biggest one was Santa Barbara Town. But they always do a good job at, 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 at delivering a, a really great episode for the finale, but then sort of setting up what sort of the arc for the next season is going to be, without it being like Oh shit! If they if this show got canceled, am I really gonna you know? It's it's not like they leave you hanging in, in case something something bad happened, but they tease that you know what sort of the next season is going to be about, and and they do that in this episode at the end, and and not that it, it didn't just play out for next season, but you know the the yin yang trilogy was the next three season finale, mm-hmm. so that was I mean that was a lot of hutzpah in terms of, you know, like, we're going to write the story, and it's going to be a long-term story, um, but it also gave them a lot of great stuff to use in the coming seasons. And it even bled a little bit into, I believe, season six
0: or five or six, one of your favorite episodes, Feet don't fail me now, but with the one yeah. before that, um, <laughs> the Romeo and Juliet one with the uh, Asian Mafia. Yep. You know, Juliet was coming back from the Yin Yang Killer. So yeah. they do a really nice job of kind of – laying breadcrumbs, and keeping you interested, even though it's just, you know, uh, Lauren order situational comedy. You know, they they really build a lot of character depth and a lot of story depth within these, you know, episodic, you know, single-off episodes.
1: And what I love about their arcs, too, is that it's not like the entire season is focused on it. Mm -mm. So out of a 15, 16-episode season, there might only really be, like... Yeah. You know, the, the, the one exception really is uh when Abigail uh, is in town, she kind of plays to that because she's just a, a recurring character throughout the season, but storyline wise. Yeah. There might be two, three episodes tops. The, 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 the first episode of the season, the finale, and then maybe one or two sort of sprinkled <laughs> in between, but it's great. You, you, you it, the, the thread is there and uh, they, they do a real good job with that. So, Uh, Before we really dive into the episode, Billy, what are some of your quick thoughts?
0: So this one is just as good as I remembered. I loved it. Uh, Once again, I probably, in the last two days, saw it conservatively six times. Um, You had a lot of good moments between Sean and Gus. You get a lot of good back and forth. Just uh, a nice nod to, I believe, Steve Franks who appears in the episode as well, just there's just a lot of fun had in this episode. And I think it's where they were like, okay, they probably got picked up for a season three. We yeah. know we're, you know, on solid footing here. These shows have a tendency to go on for a long time on USA. Yep. So, you know, let's have fun and really find our you know psych voice, if you will. Yeah,
1: yeah. I thought this was a little bit better than I remember because this is one of those episodes where, you know, I've seen it a bunch, but you know, upon rewatch, again, I've got my favorite episodes that I go to. And I generally will fall asleep, you know, an episode or two following that one. So I I don't ever make it to the season two finale a lot Mm -hmm. or I'll just start off with whatever. So this is one I haven't seen in a while. And upon rewatch and then, you know, dissecting it a little bit further, it was actually a little bit funnier. It bumped up a little bit just because (laughs) the lines are quick, right? The jokes, the references are quick. The lines are quick. And the interaction uh, between Sean and Gus is just at at some of its best. I think
0: it's at uh, a peak here for at least season two, maybe hit the same peak, you know, and I will will slap you, Sean. with uh, You have two full cobs there, but it's it's pretty darn close to peak Sean and Gus that we've got so far.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it was great because we get, you know, we get scaredy cat Gus. We get a couple of scenes where Gus is running like a little girl. And then we get one of Sean, which always makes me chuckle. Uh but Gus, you know, it was absolutely- the rule of thirds.
0: It was the yeah. rule of thirds to a T. It's Gus, Gus, and then he's like, This is the most terrible m- my moment of my life. And then you just see Sean in the distance, yeah, already in the distance.
1: Take it off. You got the 11 point turn in this episode, which is a running gag throughout the show. Uh and, and but but Gus like refusing to step foot in that part of the museum, you know, because of you know, he's scared of you know curses and all that. It's just they just did everything so well uh in this episode so uh we 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 didn't have a home run of a guest uh in this episode you know uh we had you know the 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 one that i chose to spotlight here was uh her name is dorian brown Mm fam again cute as a button right she did a great job for what she was asked to do on the show but i don't she doesn't. She's not one of those. Oh, you know her faces kind of people. She's just sort of done like a lot of just sort of small roles. I guess she was on the show Wilfred. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah I mean, Mac's
0: favorite show. To me, she smacks it out of the park in the first scene. Really. Oh um, yeah. Minus the flashback because she is to the the task to handle detective, well officer detective Colton Lassner. She's like step for step with him yeah. beat for beat, and really plays up that you know not to you know sound too Shirley McLean here. But, you know, the Scream's something of the paranormal. I want that guy. I thought she did the perfect job of, you know, getting us into it. And I'll just get us into our process because I think we're, like, halfway into it now. Um, <laughs> I think we're probably in the hollow. We didn't, like, officially start, but we started. Uh, and then it ends with a school And then this time in between, you know, we're going to get some Thundercats. Oh! Um, but it's really just top to bottom. Like, it's just not a dull moment in this episode. And I have a buddy who's starting to watch. I think he's in the middle Early part, season one. I think once he, I told him, once you get to episode 10, it really starts to roll. And then once you hit this, it's just like straight downhill. Yeah. You're coasting.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're, you're, you're cooking, baby. And uh, yeah, I didn't mean to say like she didn't do a great job because I thought she did a great job. But she, you know, all season long, we've had fairly well known, for the past two seasons, fairly mm-hmm. well known uh, guest stars. In the past two episodes, they've been lesser known actors or actresses uh but yeah she did she did a great job and she you're right man that first scene was like because last was a real prick in this episode it was a he was a real job
0: not all-time prick but i would be we gotta we we gotta make the ask to at least have steve franks to start um and just see what his theory is on guest stars because i'm sure there's something where like you know this one's just a background player to help set the scene to step yeah. into the role to get you know you into the mood of okay Lassie's, you know, equally challenged here. He's not in on this case, but this lady is demanding. That's another thing. It gets Sean into the case in a new way yeah. that we really haven't seen before at a different time of night. So it's not – I don't. I want to know if they intentionally do these things where it's like 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning yeah. and they start a case. I want to know if that's like, okay, we've always started during the daytime, regular hours. Do we start one at 4 a.m. where cases can start?
1: Yeah, and it was and it was a great and it was a great way to do it too because what what the other aspect of this episode that was great was the side stories. Usually, the yeah. side stories are either silly um, or they they do you know uh, they are part of the case somehow, like this one is. But this one was there was a couple of side cases in this, and 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 all the stories really came together beautifully. But it was the the thing that Sean was working on that. When you see him in the middle of the night outside of a seedy hotel taking pictures of a of a man in a suit with you know with a hookah, um, you know you're like, okay, this is going to play in somehow, but you don't quite know because it, it's never referenced again until the end, and all the seeds that were planted throughout. It, it was just, it was absolutely fantastic what Sean was doing here and how they how they ended this episode, not just from a reveal standpoint, but also the side story involving Lasseter, but then also the side story involving Vic. And then, you know, what you get with, you know, Sean's family. There was, this was a very layered episode that I think they just executed, you know, perfectly. Yeah. You don't realize how much is going on. So yeah. you have to break it
0: down and you realize, okay, there's a lot of working parts. It's not, you know, Seinfeld 30 rock level where you have five different comedy storylines going on at once, but you have, you know, some compelling, compelling plot devices and, my favorite uh, is the Gus nickname that gets worked in here, the uh, Bruton Gaster when you see a yeah. photo by at the yep. end. But um, you know, we can punch it up here, and we can just kind of go through. I don't even—we haven't even hit the flashback yet, and
1: we're already eleven minutes in. Yeah, you know, we just, you know, we just—we're we're we're, we're 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 gassed, man. We're gassed up because this is this is a hell of an episode here, and and we're two seasons down, baby. Can you believe it? Uh, but yeah. So, what is this case about? The synopsis: When a three thousand year old mummy disappears from a museum, Sean comes to the unlikely conclusion that the artifact walked out on its own. Meanwhile, Henry is acting strangely and receiving a mysterious after receiving a mysterious phone call. For a guy who does a show a podcast about reading, he sure does a fucking terrible job at it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'd be great. You see me? I actually
0: kind of nailed the cold open. I had the boxes switched for the video version, so I pointed the wrong way. But that was my best read in a while.
1: It was a tremendous read. But th- so this was this was a great episode. Because the so the main case was, you know, it takes place at a museum, and and right right, right off the, the the rip, um, with the cold open here, kind of set this up with you know, young Sean. Uh, and this cold open actually was was great because it, it it kind of like gave you most of the elements of the episode. So Sean sneaks down. You know, he sees Henry, and for the first time you see Sean's mother. They're watching old school monster movies, and Sean's sort of, you know, he's supposed to be in bed, but he wants to see what's going on. And he gets scared. And so Henry calls him over and he's you know, like, you know, you know, kid, this this stuff isn't real. I'll tell you what is real. You know, when someone gets shot, they're not getting back. What he- henry's description of how you know Bonnie dies after getting shot was way more horrific mm-hmm. <laughs> right, than, than what Sean was watching. But what we got here is we got the you know the the planting the seed of the monsters or the mummies right uh, that horror vibe which James Roddy he nails. He, he loves it. Comes, it. He loves when it. He, yeah, when it comes to the horror stuff in this show, he's always got his fingers all over it, and you can tell. Uh, but you get this this you see Sean's mom, you know, uh, in this episode. It's, she's only been kind of referenced before, but now like you physically see her, and this is this is sort of the you know the the. The, the absolute last scene we get in this episode, but then sets up the entire arc for the next season.
0: Yeah. And she, uh, obviously, you know, uh, hair in the classic little lady bun there that they do when they get out of the shower, uh, getting Henry a drink. Sean gets the little, yeah, this isn't what happened. Henry actually scares the bejesus out of him. I think maybe a little bit inadvertent, a little bit of purpose. I think it was a little 50, 50, like, can't kid, yeah. go to bed. Also yep. like, I'm going to comfort you, but also creep you out more. Uh, (laughs) then we cut to right away the curator you know the fiery curator who lasseter remembers every you know languid smile but doesn't remember Juliet's uh (laughs) hairstyle which i absolutely love too um but we get the back and forth there and i think probably my favorite thing that i've never really gotten the chance to use is when she used we have a very abulic board of directors why they haven't changed the security system because Mm -hmm. you know the museum was broken into uh Nefertiti? tidy. No. Uh, what is it? Uh, from my bottom. Uh, no, Robin Totem. Robin uh was burgled, uh, and she's all about getting on the case, even though it was an archaic uh, security system, whatever, whatever. But when, when Lassie's like, nothing's happening, I don't want anything to do with it, uh, Juliet, <laughs> look up the word of Ulick. That yeah. is one of my favorite things, and I've always wanted to like work that into a conversation, because I think that's just so hilarious that, like, you're dismissing her, but you don't even know one of the words she said. And do you know what a Bulek means? I have no idea. It's a very, like, Kim ha like, oh, we don't know what to do, we're waiting. Like, it's a very, like, indecisive group of people, or, like, gotcha. it, it's indecisiveness. I also want to be able to use the word Bulek, because I don't think anyone knows. <laughs> like, like, like I'm an English major, and I have to look it up after this show.
1: Yeah, yeah. The first I, time I, I watched it. I, I generally have a, you know, a good idea, you know, at, at a lot of these meetings, but that one, that one just was, you know, it's not hard for things to go over my head, Billy. I'm not that tall, but yeah, I missed <laughs> I missed that one for sure. But um oh, yeah, man. so you and Fry
0: are together must just be
1: <laughs> Oh yeah, you, you should see our fucking text back He's point. six
0: feet tall and everything goes over his head.
1: When I have to remind him that a joke went over his head, that that's when you know it's it's bad, you know. <laughs> I said that to him the other day. I just you know gave him one of these and uh, uh but anyways, uh but yeah, this was I mean this 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 episode started started off pretty hot. You've got you got Lassie. He is a fucking prick. He is just—he's obsessed about some other case he's working on. He's obsessed about his name being in the papers. He's obsessed about you know interviews on TV. It's a pretty a pretty high profile case, uh, but we've got no idea what the hell he is, and so he's just sort of taking it out on everyone else. He's a prick to Jules. He's a—he's a prick to uh, the uh, museum uh, director, curator, you know, whatever, whatever assistant title curator, is. assistant curator. And uh, she's like, fine, if you're not going to help me, then I want that guy. And she points to the T Rex exhibit. So, this is a great callback from the beginning of the season. And it's a picture of a paleo sleuth. Ah, Sean Sean Spencer. Spencer, And then it cuts to Sean, who's outside of a CD hotel, as we mentioned earlier, taking pictures. Uh, He's doing what what appears to be some private, you know, some PI work, some private dick work, some recon.
0: And then it's later reference when they go back to the museum with gus that you know are you tailing cheating boyfriends and that looks like exactly what he is doing at the moment so again just like beat for beat just marrying everything so perfectly together and you don't even realize how good it is until the end
1: yeah And, and so you know sean takes the call from jules a little little you know you know back and forth there we get some great references uh you know, uh, you know, Captain Ron, Captain Ron, Father of the Bride, too. Anything with with Martin Short? You no. Know? By the way, Martin Short, underrated actor. I think
0: you know, uh, a little behind the curtain here, literally because I am behind the curtain. Actually, two of them. But um, Joe and I are going to record a bonus episode for you all, so you'll have something to listen to next week. But um, our PCP, the other podcast I do, bonus episode is going to be a Martin Short film, Clifford, because I think uh, Martin Short is. Fantastic.
1: Now, Martin Short, uh, he, 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 he was in Arrested <laughs> Development, right? Uh, the yeah, bull- shoot <laughs> me. The, <laughs> <bullet>. <laughs> the nuts. No, the nuts <laughs> the, on the table. <laughs> the bridge mix. The bridge mix. <laughs> yeah,
0: just absolutely fantastic.
1: Jiminy Glick, I mean, the guy is, uh, you know. He's
0: you know. a comedic genius. I think he really is. And just the fact that, like, you know that either Steve Franks or James Roday loves him. So, and it's just, it's shaping like into the form of things like, you know, they did the three murders last week and they mentioned yeah. Martin Short because they love Martin Short.
1: Yeah. I'm sure. It's, it's gotta be, cause it's probably not the only time he's been, he's been referenced, but that was so, so Sean gets, you know, he, he, he shows up at the museum And uh, he he already starts flirting, uh, you know, with the assistant curator there. And so they're they're going, she's going, you know, over, you know, the case with him. Really, you know, that there was this this 3000 year old mummy uh, was, you know, you know, just sort of it's gone missing. It was it was stolen. And Sean's looking around and he just, you know, as he's sort of prone to do, he just said that mummy walked out of here. Up and left. Yeah, just up and left he, because he's you know sort of assessing the situation and, and he see, he sees a bunch of clues and he goes, Yeah, this this thing just got up in here and, and, and walked away. And
0: well, inadvertently and on purpose, actually, he agrees with Lassie because Lassie's whole theory yeah, is proof. nothing happened. Yeah, and he was like, you know what? The mummy wasn't robbed. Dun dun dun. It got up and walked out on its own. So last he's like, "Yep," and then he actually backdoors it to being <laughs> on the side of the curator. It's a nice little turn of phrase, and yeah. they always do it in this show. I absolutely love
1: it. Yeah, and, and what I loved about this scene too was it was a couple of quick little gags where uh, I love the fact that everyone at the museum loves Sean. Oh, they absolutely love him. You know, he's, he's a hero down there. He's a hero with the with the T Rex. But he, I love it when he sees the plaque. And he goes, oh, this is this is not going to be good. There's only one name on that plaque. Gus is going to have an aneurysm. And I don't mean the good kind.
0: <laughs> that is one of the, I mean, I'm glad you brought it up now because that is one of the best lines that I use occasionally. And people are like, yeah, obviously. But it's just such like, there's no good aneurysm. There's only a bad one. But the fact that he says that, hilarious. My favorite is when he goes, have it, have it, Yep, want it, have it. Mine's
1: bigger. Yeah, the best. But the the mind's bigger <laughs> makes it, right? Because he could have he could have left it at um want it and have it. But then when he when he adds that mine's bigger, it just that way gets me every time. And then uh we we also get so there's there's a lot of stuff that happens at the museum. Uh so Gus eventually shows up and um we find out that the security the guy that was doing security that night has also gone missing. He hasn't shown up for work. Uh, since the mummies disappeared, uh, he's got some priors, so he sort of becomes suspect numero uno in any mm-hmm. sort of potential, uh, you know, theft here. And 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 they they reference multiple times, right? As you said, the the outdated security system. And so this is the right, right where we get where Sean or Gus refuses to go into the ancient uh, Egypt exhibit because he doesn't want to get a curse. Uh, so the only place that he'll go is the security room. And mm-hmm. I love this scene here. This is, this is one of my favorite moments where Sean's trying to find the dead spots because mm-hmm. the security system is archaic as it is, right? It's still actually pretty useful. So Sean's trying to find some dead spots. And what I loved about this and this show does, this is another thing the show does really well, is a choice of music. And I think this is, you know, this is definitely, uh, you know, Steve Franks and James Roday. The use of Wilco's um, out oh. of sight, out of mind here. I know. Perfect. Oh, yeah. It's just
0: a great fit. The back and forth. We get, you know, see it, see ya. A terrible, terrible, yeah. horrible, horrible. Is that horrible. a pelt? Is that a wolf yeah. pelt? Yeah. <laughs> Are you using the rug? Oh, that kind of yeah. worked for a second. It's just a nice little thing. Uh, we get the back and forth with the curator, which is one of the best scenes of the whole damn show. Yeah. Because... It's uh, Gus referencing all of the things in only two <laughs> seasons that we already know about Sean that is so, like, spot-on accurate after, um, you know, uh, <laughs> oh, laughing at me. Hey, you know something about me? I have a motorcycle, but I never seem to be riding it.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it may obscure the 80s references. That only, uh, that only I know. Like, I, I yeah, love that. Nobody understands. Look like, at me. Look at my hair. Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely perfect because we've seen – uh, we saw, I think, in um, oh, uh, what what episode was it with the old folks home there? Um, uh, bup, 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 bup. uh, where where Henry's on the inside? What's the name of that fucking episode? We just did like three uh, episodes. The old and the restless. Yeah, the old and the restless, right? Where Sean was doing his Gus impression, right? With that mean, with the, the book. Bu- come on, Gus. I mean, come on, Sean. Tasted, it's good. You like it, so I love it when those two like make fun of each other like mm-hmm. that. And and this thing just absolutely killed it. And I I loved it when he said, you know, I've got a motorcycle that I never seem to ride. You know, it just I, I think was... we've seen him only ride it
0: once. And yeah, it right. was in the spelling bee episode. I think we've seen him on it one other time, and it was the um, thrill seekers and hellraisers episode where he's literally yeah. just sitting on. It. Right. I think those are the two times. We've actually seen him on it. I think we may have seen it one other time when he yeah. goes to start it in Cog I right. think I'm, I'm I'm kind of a psych savant. I think those may be the three times.
1: And he references the motorcycle again in the episode where him and Jules finally get together, where he's sort of professing his love to her in, in, in a way that only Sean can. And mm. I actually thought it was a very sentimental moment where he says, you know, I love riding a motorcycle. It's it's just me, it's the open road. I don't have to worry about anyone else. It's it's just me. But I kind of want to get, you know, whatever kind of car you references is there. Yeah, you know? like an actual car. He doesn't want yeah. just a one-seater. And this is the I like
0: this is why I love well obviously everybody loves great ride, but it's to dig into it a little deeper, which I think Psych really does really well because That's a unique line that is only applicable to this show because you know about the show and you know about the depth of the characters. That's season, I believe the end of season five and like towards the end of season five. Um, So that's something that only that he can say where, you know, uh, WandaVision kind of did the same thing where it was like, what is love if not grief overcoming? Just like a unique line that like happened because of the depth and the feel of those characters Where sometimes in the most recent Loki episode, you know, not to get too Disney Plus here, but it was a little surface level of just like, you know, oh, you know, we're on the same team. I like, he's going back and forth with the other Loki and it's just like obvious lines. There's no like intricate detailed writing that you get from having these amazing deep characters. And like, to your point, that's what that motorcycle line does and they build it, even though you've only seen it a few, to- a handful of times.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been referenced throughout, whether you've actually seen it on them or not. And that was the other thing that we talk about all the time is that the the buildup to John and Jules finally getting together. Like, you couldn't have done it any more perfectly than what they've done on the show because every other show, you know, except for maybe Friends, you know, rushed it. You know what I mean? Like, it's so they, mm-hmm. they put them together too soon, and then where do you go from there? You break them up, and then the show just becomes a will, they won't, they again, you know? And it's just. I like, actually
0: think that Friends did it one of the better
1: ways. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, and so there was what five seasons of just this tension and this build. And it was just. It was just done so right, so that when they when they had their little fall, you know, I think that's the one gripe we have with the show is them is that bringing them back together again. Not that they brought them back together; it was the just the way
0: they did it. It was just in like a ending scene where it's like, oh, we're fully back, and they were building to it. And if they had actually done it out, it would have been great. Yeah, I but- do have one other gripe, and it's in this episode. It is a consistency error that I will point out when we get to it.
1: Okay. All right. So, so after we get our initial visit to the museum and Sean and Gus have sort of, you know, scope things out, we're back at the station and now we're learning a little bit more about uh, Lassie's case. We still don't really know the crux of it. All we know is that he is uh, talking to uh, the victim's son because he wants to exhume his father's grave to get more evidence because he just has... Something's not right, you know. His gut is telling him something. Something's still not right with this case. Uh, the guy's a little upset, as you'd imagine. But Lassie does eventually get his way. So we get that little cutscene. So that was good. Not, not a whole lot of time was spent there, just enough to sort of plant the seeds that something else is going on here. So then we go back to museum, and and this was this was another great scene because you know you got Sean is, is sort of taking gusts throughout the museum and saying. Well, look at this exhibit, right? Even though it's got nothing to do with the, um, you know, the mummy exhibit, Sean's just looking for clues on how someone could have sort of broken in and escaped without being detected. And what they discovered from the uh, the security uh, montage, they, they did eventually find a spot where the camera didn't pick up. So Sean goes there and he see. I love this, there's a there's a Confederate flag there. And, and Sean goes to Gus, he goes, what is wrong with this flag? And Gus goes, everything. Just, you know. And, and Sean's worried about the clues, and, and Gus is like, you fucking idiot, it's a Confederate flag. But what he noticed, this was interesting, this was great detective work by Sean here, was that he noticed that uh, the, the dust... Upside down. Yeah, the, 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 the exhibit was upside down because the dust was on the bottom. The dust doesn't collect underneath something. It's always going to be you know on top. And then they look down, and there's this display case of these old antique guns and uh, Charlie goes, to, Well, look at that one. Why is that one here? It's broken, it's got a chipped handle. And then this is a great little thing by Gus, where Gus, re- you know, he calls the glass something, you know, it's essentially Lexen,
0: Lexen, Lexen case, uh, Lexen, Lexen, Lexen something, Lexen house,
1: yeah. And then Sean, you know, how do you know that? And then you know, Gus does this Gus thing, and that was that Lexing glass, sorry, Lexing glass. Um, so that was that was a great little, great little scene. And the best part about this was not, you know, the, the the clues were very important because you know, what they discovered there is going to lead to the break in the case. But Shawn, unbeknownst to Gus, Sean had arranged for them to do a night at the museum and Gus couldn't be any more pissed off.
0: Oh, he hates it. He doesn't have this multivitam- uh, multivitamins. He's not ready. He doesn't want to spend uh, an eternal damnation. That's a great little scene where he's just, like, listing off, I don't have my toothbrush. I don't have my multivitamins. I don't feel like being, you know, enslaved by whatever, whatever. <laughs> but I wanted to get back quickly to a point you made about um, Lassie and the side story. It's a great side story. It is. And, you know, we've kind of downplayed some of the other side stories. But the first time you watched this episode – Like, is this a side story, like a lot of the other ones that have nothing to do with the Sean and Gus case, which I think is a nice little way. Again, another question for Steve Franks: Did you initially do that so you could have a swerve, like, oh, pay attention over here the whole time, and this last case always means nothing for like when it is the finale to kind of bring them together?
1: Yeah, I think I think you know what it does too is it it. it they're just trying to like say, yeah, sometimes they're going to be silly. Sometimes they're going to be serious and, and sometimes they're going to be, you know, unrelated, but still, but still important. And I think it's just, it's just sort of a way to like, you know, a either, you know, further, you know, you know, tell a deeper story or, or, you know, sometimes it might feel like it's just kind of filling time. But I think, you know, you got to you got to mix some in that are crucial to the story to, you know, keep someone interested, you know, Every time, all the time, oh, yeah. kind of thing. You know what I mean? Uh, but, yeah, like I said, this episode was just layered so well because you had the main story, Lassie's story, Chief's story, and then you had Sean's story, right? Four different things that in, in, in a 40, 45-minute show, you know, could seem, you know, a little, you know, they're confusing or overwhelming, but it was just, everything was just done, I think, with the with the right, like, dosage. Mm-hmm. You know, in this episode, uh, so this this was great. So, you know, Gus is he is like you said, I don't have my toothbrush, I, I don't have my multivitamins, and he does not want to be there. He's freaking out, and they're looking around. There's this antique refrigerator, a little weird that it's plugged in, considering oh my it's god. A uh, Sean, you know, Sean's like, What do you, what you got to worry about? It's just an antique fridge, and he opens it up, and the dead body of the missing security guard falls out, <laughs> Hastings. So now we know. Okay, he's not the suspect. Something else is is uh, you know afoot here. And the best part about this scene is that it just cuts to daybreak outside, and uh, you know, the, some old guy comes to open up the museum. And as soon as he unlocks that door, Gus, like a fucking pistol, is just out of that museum. <laughs> oh yeah,
0: he's running like uh, gym sprints there. But yeah. two key pieces of information we get: the uh, camera on the hill. You know when they're looking for Hastings' uh, car because truly it says you know Hastings is missing. You know he's way more violent than we thought, and also there was something else that I just had in my brain that like flew out the window. But uh, um, we get those, we get that key piece of information there that Hastings, you know, was the suspect, but now obviously he's not anymore. So where do they turn from there?
1: So this was this was great. So we we. So they they leave the museum. They head back to the office, and I only mention this because uh, Gus is f- uh, furiously, feverishly buying wolf spain uh, on bulk. the internet in bulk to make talisman, Ta- talisman, talisman, talisman. Um, and so I just that's just a you know a perfect Gus thing to do. Um, and so Sean's trying to, you know, to, to bring Gus down a little bit. He's like, let's go. Uh, Jules has some information for us. Let's go meet her where she's at uh, and get it. So they go to where she is. It's a graveyard, and they're exhuming a dead body. And Gus is like, come on, man. You know, like, just I'm done with the supernatural stuff. Uh, but we get we get some information here. You know, Jules tells Sean that uh, Gus and Hastings uh, you know, she tells Sean, and Gus, and Hastings was actually strangled, and mm-hmm. Sean has been trying to convince Gus that it wasn't a mummy, but there were linen fibers found around Hastings' neck, and there were spores found on those linen fibers that only could have come from inside the coffin. Yes, yeah, so, about Egypt. Yeah. <laughs> so this was again just like they 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 do this with the Close encounter the Close Encounters episode too, where they. Uh-huh. They give you these bits of evidence that lead you to something like the the supernatural, like you know, because Sean and Gus want to believe in aliens. Right, Sean deep down really does kind of want this to be a mummy, right? And they just plant those horror, see, like they just do a really good well job of um of, of giving those horror vibes, like those those nods to this old school, you know, horror flicks here. And uh, I just thought that was great, you know, with the way you, you keep, it, keep, right? keep
0: saying that mummy it keeps coming up, mummy
1: yeah right, right. <laughs> So I mean like you know when it comes to picking a favorite character, which will do I I went back and forth on this one so well just because Sean and Gus did such a great job playing off each other uh, but but so we get that. We're back at the station now and, and and so we haven't really talked about this yet, but one of the subplots to this uh, episode was you know, we've only known her so far as interim chief Vic. Mm-hmm. And she had mentioned to um, you know Deshaun, to, to Lassie and Jules earlier in the episode that she essentially gave the you know the mayor an ultimatum because she was under the impression that after a certain amount of time the interim tag would be taken off and she would be the full time chief of police. Well, he hasn't done that. He has someone else in mind. So she basically said, "I'm giving him till Friday, and then I'm stepping down." And so they're they're at the station and they're having a conversation about like. She's like, this is this. She's pretty much giving them her goodbye. Mm-hmm. Uh, because she hasn't heard anything yet. And Lassie is one, too preoccupied about well, was my name on that list for consideration? Uh, and B, he gets up, he, he the TV is on. He's watching a news report related to the case that he's been working on. And this is where we finally get that Lassie's case is. Is more than just a case that he's working on. That's you know causing him to be an ornery prick. It actually ha- is related. In there, there's a connection mm-hmm. to the case at the museum where the the father, you know, the, the dead guy whose body he just exhumed, he was uh, one of the uh, board members of the museum that they're working at or that they're doing the case on.
0: Yeah, I mean, he was part of it, so that's a little bit of a breadcrumb. But even still, sometimes it doesn't always 100% pay off to something actually happening. So then Sean and Gus do need to go and investigate a little bit more. Um, but we did get a little bit of hint that it was the um, antique guns, right?
1: Yeah, because it was um, – because the, the the guy that was the director, the dead guy, he had um – He had donated his uh, collection uh, of uh, antique
0: guns, which was the crappy exhibit that Sean and Gus stumbled upon when they saw the Confederate flag.
1: Exactly. And and so why was the camera tilted so that that particular spot in the museum wouldn't be picked up on camera? So we're starting to, we don't really know yet why exactly other than it's just a coincidence Mm -hmm. that these two cases are sort of, you know, connected to each other. So, you know, you know, Sean visits Henry. You know, we get this this scene where Henry is trying to, you know, he's like trying to like tell Sean, like I got something I got to tell you. Let's let's have dinner, but I don't want Gus there. And Sean's like, "Why yay? Why, why the are biggest, you so weird?"
0: That's the biggest ears up moment of maybe Psych so far because yeah, that's never something you would even think of. It's Sean and Gus. You can yeah. tell them both anything ever yeah. always. So yeah. even I was like, "All right, something's really weird." here.
1: Yeah, and the way the way Henry was acting, and and you know he leans into Sean, and uh, you know he, he, you're expecting something like very serious, almost grave actually, uh, to come out here, and he just goes, "Do you want to go get dinner?" And Sean's like, uh, "What?" <laughs> you know, and it was just it was awkward as hell. Oh um, no! So
0: uh, my favorite maybe line of the season oh, is when, up. "Are you busy it's Saturday?" and Sean just goes you want me to come with you to awkward class like the way that he delivers that like it's gonna be something else and it's like the most damning just like in your face insult that's another one i've been waiting my whole life just to be like (laughs) like somebody be like really awkward to be like hey can i talk to you for a second uh you want me to go to awkward class with you like the way he delivers that it's just a grand slam home run of sean moments and I absolutely adore
1: it. Yeah, it's, it was absolutely fantastic. And, and, you know, but and right before that happens, Henry just sort of tells <laughs> Sean, well, do what any good detective does. Go back to oh, the yeah. beginning, right? Right, Go backwards, right? And, and, and take a look at everything. So uh, this leads Sean and Gus to the museum shipping dock where they meet a, a sketchy maintenance guy. Um, and they once again spot the tripod uh, overlooking the museum. And they see someone. Running away from it, so they give chase, and uh, what we find, what they find is uh, again cute as a button, little grad student, a film mm-hmm. student, and she was actually, she's actually been there recording at night uh, for a film documentary that she's working on. Was it Nightshade?
0: Night cycle.
1: Oh, night cycle, uh, which is the life cycle of whatever flower it is she's looking at. and John's like, really? That's the name? It's the lamest name ever. Uh, but. It's important because she was filming the night of the disappearance of the mummy. So they they take the video uh, and they look at it and and they, there's a still that they pick up on where you see the mummy. It's like that 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 grainy picture of Sasquatch walking in the in the woods. Uh, it's a grainy Dude. picture still of the mummy, and uh, that I, I love this line here from Gus. He goes, "Not only is that mummy." Uh, getting away, but it just drove it in the uh, van, and that son of a bitch could drive stick. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> just, I just absolutely love that. So, so, so now we actually see the mummy, you know, or someone. Oh, we get the chair spinning
0: moment too from Gus, where he's just gone. Oh, right, right. In the office, he's a ghost. He left. That's yep. uh, that's after. We also get, uh you know, we've talked some doctor stuff. We get into my world here, where they talk a little bit about uh, frames per second, and they're like a standard video camera shoots in thirty frames per second. <laughs> you know, Sean's like, "How would anybody know that?" Technically, it's twenty nine point nine seven, and then my favorite is HD is twenty three point eight, partially segmented frames, and I can you know break down all of the you know sixty you know all of that stuff. But uh, I just like how they shouted it out a little.
1: Bit. I, I, yeah, it's eighteen times faster. <laughs> no, it's like a hundred <laughs> times faster. Whatever. It is. You know, it's just it was just a great little great little back and forth there. But this was, you know, this is, this you know it's eighteen. I think it's eighteen thousand. Yeah, no, yeah. 18, 1800. Yeah, <laughs> but it was just. I mean, it's just classic Sean Gus. Sean yeah. says something outlandish, but you know, he says heard he it both ways. Confident, yeah, he says it with such confidence, and Gus is like, "No, you moron, it's actually, been, you know, I've heard I, we we actually get, we actually well, get, yeah, one. heard it both ways. Yeah, we get yeah, one this episode. Uh, so you know, the mummy is alive. It knows how to drive, and. uh this leads to two great two great scenes here. Gus's uh, 11 point turn in the blueberry. Oh my god. And what I love about this is as he's making the turn, Sean keeps saying, You've made the turn already, just go. And you just you know, you just see that that bit of physical comedy with the guard uh but then we get a great little uh car chase here, which we don't put a ton of in psych. And, uh, you know, the the van, they're they're following the van. All of a sudden, it makes almost a 90-degree turn to the No way he's going to make that turn. Yeah. So then they make it. What they see is the van had crashed uh, into a tree. So (laughs) reluctantly, they approach. This is where Gus says, I've never been more scared in my life. And then they shine a light uh, into the window of the van, and there's the mummy. And Gus is somehow still standing there, and all you see are the back of Sean's feet as he's down the fucking road. He's just kicking up dust,
0: flying yep. down the dirt trail. And it was, though, we've seen Gus run twice now. He ran from the original night at the security, uh, uh, you know, from the security guard in the museum the first night. Then yep. the chairs just spinning when they yep. see the actual mummy. And then you expect it there. And then they cut to him. He's like, I've never been more terrified in my life. And then you just see Sean down the road. So a perfect rule uh, rule of thirds use of comedy there just knocked it out of the park.
1: Yeah, yeah. They, they hit a home run on that one. And so now we're back at the station. And, and this is where really everything now comes together. Mm-hmm. So Lassie finally gets uh, some details back from when they exhumed the body. And and and, the, and so his victim. It was initially ruled that he had fall. He died via falling down the stairs. But what the coroner had uh, had found was that he actually died from blunt force trauma to the head, and inside one of the wounds they found chips of ivory. Mm-hmm. Does the ivory handle
0: in the uh, the rifle that was or not rifle, but I think it was a pistol, pistol that was donated.
1: Yep. So this is Sean hears that and he goes. Bingo, I got it because you know now we've got uh the 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 son uh, of you know that Lassie you know of of Lassie's victim and you know the the missing uh or the broken gun handle Sean this is where Sean you know finally puts it all together I just stumbled over that uh so that brings us to you know the reveal
0: oh
1: and a great all
0: time reveal here
1: yeah absolutely tremendous Uh, so the who what we find out is so William Wiles, uh, Jr. was the man that had died. He was the the, the older man who had bequeathed his gun collection uh, to the museum, and to his son William Wiles the Third was upset. Another so William Wiles- the
0: Third, by the way.
1: Oh yeah, look at that, right. So he was he was upset. So this is this is how it you know it unfolded. He was upset because he wanted that gun collection because he wanted to sell because it, it was actually worth a lot of money. Hence why it was donated to the museum. And so he got mad that his father had done this. So he had just in a fit of rage taken the gun off a display from the house, whacked him over the head with it. That ended up killing him because it also led to the fall down the stairs. But now he's stuck with a murder weapon. And so what he had done was he had taken this uh, he used the mummy. this was I thought this was great. This was just like this like something you can only really do in a show like psych like it's a it's a, a procedural, but you know because it's got that humor element that something like this can be pulled off. So what he had done is he had in into cahoots with that sketchy wheelchair guy at the at the docks so that when the mummy came in, he dressed up like a mummy. Uh, guy inside the um, uh, the snuffleupagus, <clears throat> <laughs> and as it was delivered into the museum that night, he slowly got out. He took the murder weapon, put it in the display case because who would look there for the murder for the murder weapon? Nobody, uh, nobody except for the security guard that was on duty, Hastings. So he had to get rid of him. So while he's dressed up in the mummy's wrappings, he. Uh, you know, he he strangled Hastings, threw him in the refrigerator, uh, and, and then took off. So I thought that was a really good how um, and why. I mean, the who was, you know, yeah, it was a, it was a pissed off son, you know. So I just, I don't know, the way it came together, the threads that they 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 pulled throughout the episode, the seeds that they planted, I just thought this was executed really well. Yeah, great
0: wrap up. And Sean winds up in the coffin. You know, don't yep. worry, it's I'm being very careful. I laid a blanket down, and everything. Um, and then it's the classic wrap up where he's solving it and other people are solving his case as he's solving it, which happened in the first episode, which was kind of a little bit of a throwback, winking a nod, because that's how we got in with the uh, museum. And we in see that reference. In another Despero episode later on, where he's you know also involved with the museum, where he points Back to the Future at somebody. So it's just you know so many layers to the Psych episode. But I do love when anybody interrupts this wrap up. Like really, last week, come on. And even yeah. in the last one, we had that with a uh, black and tan. Yep. A crime and Fashion. He's like, do I come to your office and you know mess with you all the time? <laughs> I mess with you? It's like all the time. So it's a nice. It's one of the better wrap-ups because it has a little pizzazz to it. Yep. Uh, Somebody stealing his thunder and like he's also. This happens a lot of the time. Uh, he's still solving the case after they're leaving the room because like, yeah. he has all these details. Yeah, I he saw was- him run away in the night. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. Like the way he like executes that line is yeah. so
1: good. It's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And that that is one of my favorite parts of the wrap-ups, too, is that when they just like, okay, we got it, and they start to leave, and he's still going. <laughs> I saw him <laughs> run in the night. Yeah. Always, always a great gang. So I mean, yeah, I mean, that was just they, they pulled off that side story with, with Lassie because all because it was all sort of just character work from Lassie. You know, we didn't really have anything about his case until the end, other than, you know, he was mad about it. Uh, his gut was telling him that the case, you know, wasn't as neatly wrapped up as, you know, it had been. And he was just a dick all episode. You know? And it's so, a
0: consistency factor, too, because yeah. we do get another high-profile case where Sean goes on the inside in the Nuthouse. Yep. Uh, I believe season six or seven. Where he has to solve, um, you know, a murder of a guy who was, you know, cuckoo, yeah. uh, and it winds up coming down to a Kenny G song in the end. But the whole time, Lassie's wrapped up in the pub surrounding this yeah. because he brought down a high-profile, like millionaire slash billionaire. So yeah. he's all about getting his name in the press. Case.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and Sean's, you know, whole purpose is to prove Lassie wrong. Like this guy actually didn't do it. That's a great episode. I mean, we. We got some fucking home runs. We've already yeah. had a bunch of home runs, man. We got we got a whole bunch bunch coming up. So I love that. And then, you know the the chief fix side story here. So once they wrapped up the case, you're now in chief Vic's office. She's about to say goodbye. Her phone rings, and it's the mayor, and mm-hmm. he's 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 begging. Don't you don't have to beg, mayor. It's okay. Yeah, I, why don't you beg. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, it turns out that the mayor. Uh, has decided to go with Chief Vic as the permanent uh, uh, chief of police. And, and everyone goes, well, I wonder why the change of heart. Lassie comes in he goes, well, I was bumped to page two. I think I know the reason why. And it's a picture of the mayor with the hookers that we saw at the very beginning with Sean. And you look down and it says photograph courtesy of, photographed uh. by Brutan Gaster. Uh, One of my favorite
0: Madden names as well. Just a great shout out to Gus there. So much fun. A great way to wrap up the episode. But, you know, kind of started off that way. You know, the cold open doesn't make it, you know, a perfect bookend. But, you know, that's the bookend of basically the whole plot of the story being about mummies and whatnot. So just one of the better written. So tight. A lot of comedy. A lot of references. It's just, you know, a psych classic. Where they, you know, bring in the element of a larn and order and a sitcom and just, you know, long running tropes of yeah, you know, basically everything that's, you know, it's a perfect psych episode, I would say. It's it's one that like we could put in the pantheon of like, this is psych to a T. Everything yeah. about it.
1: Yeah, everything about it. So let's jump into the Thundercats, though, because this is, you know, because, oh, you know, the, the ending of the show really leads to some of my favorite moments here. So as we, you know, as we were just talking about, you know, with the Chief Vic stuff is, what another aspect is that you don't get this the first time you watch it, is, is just how coy Sean is throughout the entire episode. Because mm-hmm. he obviously knew. He got tipped off. He figured out somehow, you know, that, you know, something was going on. Right? He's like, Yeah,
0: you sure, you might let him stay around for a little while longer. Yeah,
1: yeah. He's he's playing coy. And and the first time you watch it, you don't necessarily pick up on it. The, the more times you watch it, you definitely do, because obviously you know what happens. But I just love the I love the fact too that they never tell you or show you how Sean was tipped off in the first mm-hmm. place to take those pictures. He was just sort of doing it. Um, uh, so I, I thought that was great. And then the very, very end here, the the stuff we get with you know, Sean and Henry and, you know, you had all that awkward mm. tension uh at the, you know, at that, you know, that one point there in the episode. And then you come to find out, you know, that Sean's like, what the hell, dad? You know, I don't have time for this. And there's a knock at the door. Sean opens the door and he goes, mom. Yeah. And it, it and it just blows the door off it because you don't expect it. You don't see it coming. And that really sets up the arc for season three because, it, you know, Sean's mom is in town, played by Sybil Shepard, and uh, she's doing some psych evals uh, for the officers at the uh, Santa Barbara PD. So you get a lot of interaction between Sean and his mom, you know, his mom and, and Henry, and 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 she's and she's a big part in the finale of season three. Yep. Right? And, and I, well, huge part.
0: And yeah. an iconic shot in psych history is when he opens that door. Yeah. They use it in, after that probably every open or almost every open. And it's just a great, like, moment in, you know, visual acting for James Roday. Like, he just throws it open. is like, you can tell he's stunned. It's a nice way to cap the entire season. Not technically a cliffhanger because, you know, you can end it there. But right. it's a nice comeback. And Sylvain Shepard being the mom. Corbin Bernson being the dad. I think it's a nice pair.
1: Like, you could see that happening. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So, and season three is really, you know, it's start start to finish. It's just, it's fantastic. And, and I love that, you know, the introduction of Abigail Lightar uh, mm-hmm. and and that tension still that we, between Sean and Jules and then the role, you know, the mom plays. And then, I mean, the yin Yang trilogy is one of, I mean, it's, Every year Halloween, you know, like, you know, Halloween, right? The tradition is watch a bunch of horror movies. Christmas, you watch a bunch of Christmas movies. Thanksgiving, you watch plane, trains, and automobiles, right? So at, at Halloween, I always try and watch the, the yin-yang trilogy. You know, my wife will put that on. We'll watch it on Halloween night because it just, they, they do such a great job with it. And this is where that seed is planted, you know, is in the season two finale. So to have that foresight for a storyline that will stretch over three seasons is, you know, it, it's, it's pretty remarkable. So any other uh, scenes, Billy, that stuck out to you? Uh, you mentioned it before, the
0: Gus on the cell phone bit. Phenomenal. We get a little Steve Franks reference. Um, you know, museum in general, hilarious. You know, we talked about the 11-point turn. Um, I, I do love when he's breaking down the case on the big board. Where oh, Gus yeah. is just freaking out and he's, you know, what's that? A bowl of chili. Who's that? Austin Kearns. Just a couple <laughs> of nice little easy references where yeah. only Psych will ever do that
1: for you. Right. Right. Uh yeah, I the cell phone thing. <laughs> Gus is like, No, you call me. I'm not this is a work phone. I'm not paying it's uses. It. <laughs> Doesn't matter who makes the call, Gus. <laughs> just and then Sean double backing to come back in the room and Gus is I just—I mean—that's just classic. And he uh, walks out
0: with his hands up, like, "All right, I will yeah. give up," because he's not letting go. Even though at that time it was used, there was no more like, "You call me, it's on my minutes. I call you, it's on yours."
1: Right, exactly. But it's such a
0: Gus thing, like, oh, like, you know, if this guy dies in my car, it's a company car. It's a company yeah. phone.
1: It's a great bit that, that's always running throughout. It's a company car shot, you know. It's a company mm-hmm. phone, you know. Uh, you know, so I, I, it just that just struck me funny. I didn't have a least favorable moment, did you? You said um, you had a gripe. Yes, yes. So here is the gripe,
0: and it's the only inconsistency from storytelling I've ever seen. So he's never been to Red Robin in this episode because uh, Sophie's favorite restaurant is Red Robin, and that's where they're going on their first date. But in the episode, I believe it's The Greatest Adventures in the History of Basic Cable, Next his uncle, uh, who was on Wings, another USA show, yep. uh, one of the brothers, always took them to Red Robin, and they're in a Red Robin at the end of the episode. So that's the only psych plot hole I've found. Ah. That's it. And like ah. honestly, at this point, when I was watching, I didn't know. Perfect. <laughs> so it's I, I really think it's the only like maybe there's one other one that I found, but it's the only inconsistency in storytelling, like line for line that doesn't make like I I don't care, but right. I saw. I got it.
1: Billy, I didn't pick up on that one. So so golf clap to you, my friend. That that's a that's a good pull. Uh favorite character. I, I went with Sean. He's just I, I'm always you you're a Gus guy, I'm a Sean <laughs> guy. Right. Like, you know, when I when it's I not when even I, fat Sean yet. He's not even he's not even molding thick Sean yet. When I uh when I did the this week in DSG um thing on our Instagram page this morning, um when it when it got to the I've heard it both ways, uh there was a picture, of Sean and Gus. So I made sure when I was tagging the pictures, I tagged you as Gus, you know, me as Sean, right? So and then I think I did uh Mac and Goo. Mac was one of Scarlett Johansson's boobs and and, and goo was the other one, right? Put him Anyways, I digress. But I thought I thought Sean was just I I love Sean. I, I'll always be you know I'm I'm, I'm Team Sean. And oh, just, yeah, he was quick. He was witty. Uh, he played well off Gus. He played well off Lassie. He played well off the museum uh, assistant curator. There It was just all in all top notch episode from him. Yeah, I'm gonna go Gus. Uh,
0: you know Sean probably was the MVP, but Gus in this one played his role really, really well. Just hit all the notes, right? Let Sean play off of him. And this was one of the ones where you know, two weeks in a row now, Gus isn't on the ball. Because last week he was with the Gooey Girl and he was all out of sorts. This week he's terrified to death, which happens a lot. So he's all out of sorts. But I just thought his lines, you know, the bidding for Talisman, him running away, the 11-point turn, and it's, you know, again, it's a perfect tag team of, you know, Sean, playing off him and you know Gus playing off Sean but you know you know like like us too yeah it, it's teamwork that makes the dream work it, it's what makes us different that makes us
1: great don't worry about it guys i didn't realize they're going to be exhuming a body mm-hmm. don't worry about it Sean i didn't realize i are going to be putting my foot up your ass <laughs> <laughs> i mean I could have easily, you know, either way, it's a, it's a, it's a coin flip. They both absolutely killed it. Uh, you know, in the first reason he was like, is that a beaver? You know, just like the way, you know, is this pertaining to Lester's third testicle? We know that was when Vic was telling him about, you know, the, the her decision to step down. Uh, just there was, you know, you called the sarcophagus snuffle off, I I mean, just, just, just classic stuff there. And, and, uh, and, and Gus, Gus had a ton too, man. I mean, they were both just fucking on uh what is it oh when he's watching um when he's watching sean do the uh, montage there with the uh uh with the security videos this is like watching a Trevin but instead of kathleen zana jones they have someone with pancake butt
0: yep i don't have pancake butt, and obviously that's an inside joke with steve franks so i'm assuming because that's when he turned turns back and looks
1: yeah right right <laughs> so uh, all in all uh great great um uh, you know, you know, great episode from those shoe There, any other lines or anything that stuck out to you, Billy? I do love this when you have it down. Why do you always
0: have to win? And then John goes, oh, "Cause yeah. we're winners." It's right.
1: <laughs> it's just, so yeah, perfect. Yeah, it it really is. It's just because I can't remember um what the what the back and forth there was. Henry said something, for Sean, and then oh, and then it's Sean, uh
0: you know I have something important to talk to you. Well, we have a dead guy. Well, yeah, you always right. have to
1: top. Yeah, well, you right. always have to win. Yeah, <laughs> so so that was great. I mean, year, he didn't really ever tell uh, funny lines. He was just a bit of a prick. Mm-hmm. Uh, this episode, we could do the lackey pr- prick alert, but I'll have to say overall, Billy, um, maybe one Henry prick alert all season. I am stunned. Yeah, I mean, he was a li- he wasn't a prick here. He was just awkward. Yeah, he was just awkward. He's Henry doesn't know how to talk you know, about emotions and he especially doesn't know how to talk about emotions or anything like that to his son. So that's just, you know, why you've got this super awkward, you know, moments here with Henry, but that was, that was some good comedy, you know, in and of itself. Um, some running gags here. Uh, we had a good Gus. Don't be a right. Oh
0: yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, don't be a traveling willberry. <laughs> uh, the super group that was, uh, made up of, uh, Bob Dylan, Roy Orbison, Tom Petty, and, uh, was it Johnny Cash? Oh. No, 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 it wasn't Johnny Cash. I think it was George Harrison. Might
0: have been. I think it was George Harrison.
1: Yeah, the Traveling Wilburys there. Uh, we, we got our first, well, not our first, but our first in a long time, at least. I've heard it both ways reference. Yes,
0: Queen Nefertiti. Nefertiti? Uh, I've heard it both
1: ways. Yeah. Uh, and then we got two two Gus nicknames Gus, Gusty. Uh, Gusty. And uh, I love this one uh patty simcox do you know who patty simcox is i do not know who patty simcox okay is. that is another
0: pop cultural reference that i uh use as a madden name as well but she is the geeky girl running for class president in the movie
1: greece oh there you go i mean i've seen greece but not enough to know i mean it is, is like patty a simcox side is. character it's
0: not yeah. like super super side character it's not like Cha cha to Giorgio, the girl in the dance competition, uh, <laughs> Patty Simcox is mentioned a few times. But the fact that he like pulls out a grease reference is hilarious.
1: Yeah, that's pretty good. I, I didn't pick up any pineapples, did you? I did not. Once again, yep. Uh, some some quick references. We talked about Father of the Bride too. Patty Simcox there, Captain Ron. Tremendous movie, actually. Mm-hmm. Probably I remember it being a tremendous movie when I watched it probably twenty five years ago. Uh, pure luck, or anything with Martin Short. Uh, we get a Charlton Heston reference because mm-hmm. of the guns uh, and entrapment, of course. You know, with with uh, you know Catherine Zeta Jones, uh, another another very attractive woman. Um, so, what is your score for this one, William?
0: Uh, I'm changing it back and forth now. I'm gonna go with. Uh, I think I like it a little more than you. I'm gonna go with a seven and five eights because this is pretty perfect. Like yeah, there's nothing wrong with it.
1: Yeah, I had seven point three as well. I think I'm with you. I think I might bump it up to seven and a half as well. There's nothing uh,
0: wrong with it. It's a great it really is. It's perfect. I think we have to see the perfect scores for our favorite episodes and all like you know, the gang trilogies. Uh, they're probably all eights as well. So it's it's tough to to grade it when we love it so much but the only reason I'll give it a little bit less than an eight is just because it wasn't an all time. It's not one of the ones you put in the Pantheon right away, but there's nothing wrong with this. This, It's a great, it's a perfect episode of television.
1: Yeah. It it doesn't have the side splitting moments like, you know, some of the other ones from this season. And that's the problem is that like this episode is in a season with, you know, American duos with 35 million years, you know, uh, there's, there's some, there are some, just absolute fantastic episodes and 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 maybe you know if this was in season one maybe if this was the finale for season one maybe we do give it an eight you know what i mean uh but still seven and a half is 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 really damn really damn good it was a fine episode and i can't wait until two weeks from now uh william when we break this down Maybe with the guest, we'll see if we can we can mm. wrangle another guest to to sort of recap season two, talk about our favorite episodes, favorite moments, favorite lines, uh, favorite guest stars, things of, of that nature. But come on, son! Come on! Come on! Come on, on son. son! Tell uh, people what we got going on next week.
0: So next week we're gonna have a little bit of a bonus episode for you. We're gonna do a Burton Guster nickname draft, uh, eight picks because you know you know we rate everything on a scale of one to eight. Uh, it'll be pretty quick, but uh, just a bit to keep you uh, a little taste, keep you uh, enjoying the podcast, if you will. Um, so that'll be a lot of fun, and then we'll have the Season
1: 2 recap. All right. So until next week, Billy, wait for it. All right, so that.